Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Shonafinger and I'm joined by Louis Cameron as we recap Australia's opening match at the T20 World Cup. Um, Louis, welcome. Good good evening or good morning, I should say. Good morning to you, Josh. I said, uh, I think on our preview podcast, that this tournament might be a bit of a rock fight in terms of some of the games that we get and, and the lower scores. Uh, let's hope that this game isn't uh, a preview of what's to come. Yeah, let's hope uh, this is a one-off because it was very low scoring Australia's bowlers did really well to restrict South Africa to nine for 118 off their 20 overs, but it was far from a cakewalk for Australia in the run chase. They got their five wickets down with two wickets to spare. Uh, Louis, do you want to run us through the top performers from the game? Yeah, I mean, Josh Hazelwood was named player of the match. I I think my player of the match really was was Marcus Stoinis. Mm -hmm. I mean... Australia looked dead and buried when he came in. Yep. Uh, for those who didn't see it, I, I think it ended up being 36 needed off the last four overs. And when he joined Matthew Wade after Smith and Maxwell um, got out within, I think, three balls of each other, those two were really up against it at that point. Uh, and it, it looked really tough for them. And I think I thought Australia were dead and buried. Um, and boundaries were incredibly hard to come by. But the two of them to kind of combine for the way they did um, showed a lot of resolve and it showed something that Australia had been missing in De- recent times. Definitely. Um, uh, it was a really great litmus test for the, these two as well, wasn't it? Um, Stoinis has said that he wants to be this middle-order finisher and Matthew Wade has had a lot of critics, but he hit 15 off 10 balls, including two very important boundaries, and he, he did his job to perfection. Yeah, Matthew Wade maybe a more reluctant lower-order kind of player. Yes. But, yeah, as you said, both kind of guys who have done made their name for themselves in the Big Bash as openers or... Uh, in that top three. So it's a really interesting one for Australia at the moment. They're in this position where their middle order is actually, I think, looking pretty good. I mean, you could argue that maybe Smith and Maxwell dilly-dallied a little bit through those middle overs, but it looked really tough to score. And and I think they did a a pretty reasonable job of getting Australia to within striking distance. I think the thing they wouldn't have liked was them departing within three balls of each other. That was, that just really left, left Wade and Stoinis in the lurch and they were probably not fortunate to get home, but it it took a lot of skill for those two to to get him there. Marcus Stoinis is making the most of that today. Ah, Marcus Stoinis sees Australia home. It didn't come easy. But in the end, it did come their way, and it means an awful lot to this Australian team. I'm sure we'll touch on it shortly, but Temba Bavuma's captaincy was excellent. It was very aggressive, but did mean that the last over was to be bowled by Dwayne Pretorius, who is probably their fifth bowler at best. Um, the other quicks were excellent, Nokia and Rabada, but it just left them a little bit uh, light at the end of the innings, didn't it? It did. Pretorius was a little bit better than I had given him credit for. I, I really thought the Australians could get after him, but on an up-and-down wicket, he was he was pretty handy. It was pretty electric early, though, watching Nokia and uh, and Rabada going at Warner and, and Finch and then Mitch Marsh as well. 
Um, yeah, I thought it was really aggressive captaincy from Bavuma. He's not someone we've seen really lead South Africa a lot. I, I admit I haven't seen them play much of their recent bilateral T20 stuff. So I was really impressed at the way he kind of, you know, he just threw everything at it early. I think uh, they bowled all, all but one of the power play overs. Uh, and then even Rabada came back to bowl his final over, uh, which I think was the 16th over. Um, and ended up, ended up being a little bit expensive and a, a bit of a game-turning one. But I think the the fact that he used his big guns in the way he did, I thought that was um, thought that was really clever considering they were defending such a low total. Yeah, and pace was really important for the whole game, wasn't it? We saw at the start of the day Australia made a big call to leave Ashton Agar out of the 11 and they picked three quicks, Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood. And we were all scratching our head a bit at that mm. decision at the toss, but it, it turned out probably to be the right one, you'd say. Hazelwood, two for 19, as you said, player of the match. Uh, Cummins was one for 17 off his four. He was excellent uh, on return. And Stark, a bit expensive, but did take two wickets at, at death there. And, and Stark bowls the hardest overs, and he you know bowled the very last yeah. over. He bowled the very first over as mm-hmm. well. I think it, you know you wouldn't read too much into him uh, you know, going for a bit. And, and he did get the um, the really key wicket of Aidan Markram, who we'll speak about in a little bit, but he had a, he had a really good game tonight. You'd have to say Australia's selection was vindicated. I mm-hmm. mean, leaving out Ashton Agar, that was a, a really, really brave move. I, I think we were um, we were listening to Mark War on, on Fox on the, the lead-in saying it would be a really brave call uh, to leave out Pat Cummins. I think it was an even braver call to leave out Ashton Agar. Um, Certainly. He is Australia's most economical bowler since the last T20 World Cup. Economy rate in around 6.5. He's become a really, yeah. really versatile weapon for him. Um, but Glenn Maxwell kind of filled the void really nicely, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Maxi came in and bowled two overs in the power play. and Well, he bowled the second over of the match, mm. and he went straight through the defences of Timber Bavuma with a ball that didn't really do anything. It just went straight through Bavuma and it bowled him. Yeah, I mean, spinners would say there's some skill in the, in the one that goes straight on. Did he? Did it look like an off-spinner? I didn't see the replay of it. Yeah, it did look like a sort of traditional off-spinner, okay, but it yeah. sort of skidded on, and Bavuma played back when he should have come yes. forward, and that was the end of him. Yeah, and um, and Maxwell was was really fantastic, and getting a full four overs out of him is yep. probably something they didn't even potentially think would happen before the game. Um, obviously, they they probably just thought Stoinis, Marsh, and, and him might make up the balance of it, but getting two overs from him in the power play, I think, is was also really crucial. It's been interesting that Maxwell has been talking quite a bit about improving his bowling against right-handers and mm-hmm. improving how he attacks right-handers from over the wicket. Um, and on the you know on today's form, I think that's uh, that's paid off a bit. Maxwell strikes gold. The first to go, and he removes the Proteus captain, Bavuma. South Africa's innings really never got going. They lost a wicket in the second, the third, the fifth, and the eighth overs. So they were always up against it. Uh, who impressed you most from the Australian bowlers if you had to pick one out of the five, Louis? Oh, probably just Maxwell, just because we yeah, weren't okay. expecting it. But um, the one, uh, I guess another one was Pat Cummins. Uh, one yeah. for 17 for four overs, uh, ended up being the most economical bowler in the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, we thought that he looked a little rusty after that yep. India practice game. None for 33 or four in that game for him. That, that's right, yeah. And he himself said, oh, you shouldn't read too much into the practice game. And, and he was right. Yep. He was excellent tonight. Um, I mean, the big test is, I think, as we've we've said on this podcast already, the big test is going to be when they play England and when they play the West Indies. Um Having said that, really good signs, I think, for uh, for all three. And, you know, if they have to drop one, it's going to be a tough choice. Definitely. Um, Aidan Markram, you wanted to touch on him. He was uh, South Africa's top scorer. He was 40 off 36, pretty much a lone hand for them. He was the only one who found any fluency. And then he took a 
quite remarkable catch in Australia's innings. Yeah, he, he was playing shots, I think, that none of the other people in the game really could play. Some of the driving on the up was really impressive. Uh, he got Hazelwood off over the leg side for, for quite a big six too. I mean, 40 or 36 after they batted first, I think both you and I kind of thought, oh, you know, it was a, it was a handy innings but, but yeah. nothing else. But when you actually look back at how tough batting was for both teams, which I don't think we realised until Australia <laughs> were deep into their innings, um, how difficult it was. Um, yeah, his innings was was worth a lot, uh, and gee, his catch. I mean, when he took that that catch, I don't know if you want to try to describe it, Josh, but I, I thought it was game over for Australia. Steve Smith has sort of pulled uh, a short ball, but it's gone very, very straight. Uh, Markham's running around from long on, and he's dived full stretch and caught it maybe five meters in from the boundary. Um, the commentators were calling it a Superman catch. And you're right, at that point, Smith had just hit, hit a boundary. He looked like he was just getting going, and that was at the end of the 15th over. They were four for eighty when he caught that, and South Africa had, had the moment had the momentum. Shades of Glenn McGrath at was it Adelaide Oval? Yeah, Adelaide, he, yeah, yeah. When he went full length, Certainly. it wasn't quite to that level, and it wasn't you know on day five of a test or whatever, <laughs> whenever Glenn took his, but uh, it was pretty special. Where does Nokia go now? Oh, can't go there again. He's so good this month. Are oh, you joking? Thought it was a four, but Markham has got a cape on here. The biggest positive of the night was for sure Marcus Stoinis, and he spoke to the media after the game. Uh, he alluded to his heritage, uh, and he also alluded to Australia's previous challenges in their run chases. Uh, the main thing for me there was actually just try and stay as calm as I can, and for a Greek Australian, that's pretty hard. So, um, I mean, you saw a bit of emotion come out towards the end, but the, the main thing is Wade and I were just communicating, just uh, trying to sort out who was going to bowl each other, um, make, make a plan, and then um, stay calm from there. I won't lie, there's a bit of a feeling of, oh, here we go again, there's a, there's a run chase on here. So um, it was nice to get that one over the line. Yeah, it certainly did feel like that. We've experienced a lot of sort of Australian collapses, especially on difficult wickets in the past. But this this was a different result. They didn't panic. Uh, even when the run rate required got up to nine, even when it started at six, there was no signs of panic. And they took it right down to the last over and Stoinis hit two fours off uh, Pretorius there to get the job done. Yeah, and I think the thing that Australia have struggled with in the past is they've had a great opening partnership in Warner mm. and Finch and then the middle order has often fallen away. But it's kind of looking a little bit the opposite at the moment. I mean, Aaron Finch was out for a duck tonight. Guys get ducks in T20s. I, I wouldn't be too fussed about it. Warner is the interesting one. I thought he he actually looked really good and it was a really great battle with him and Rabada early on. Um, and he hit a couple of cracking boundaries off off Rabada um, before a, a slow ball kind of undid him. So I, I think there's enough there for Australia to think, no, he's not horrendously out of form of, or anything like that. They they might just be thinking not out of form but out of runs. Uh, what do you reckon? Well, that, that's a that's a Warner line of past seasons, mm. isn't it? I feel uh, like Smith might have might have trotted that one out in the past. Yeah, but, and, okay. and it's and not to um, make light of it, like it, it probably is a, a real thing, and it's probably a good mindset for for batters to have, right? When you're um when you're battling a bit, definitely. I mean, cricket's a fickle game at the best of times, and T Twenty sort of maximises that. If Warner plays and misses at that slower ball off Rabada, who who knows? Who maybe could have gone on to a bigger score. As you said, Finch was quite unlucky. He sort of top edge the cut shot and it flew all the way down to Rabada who took a good catch at third man so if that flies a couple of meters to his right or his left then it's a six so yeah very fine lines um and let's hope for Australian fans sake that uh, there's some runs coming for that top order very shortly the only other one I want to touch on before we um look ahead to Australia's next match was Quinton de Cox dismissal uh earlier on in the game uh, when I mean it goes down to the scorebook as bold Hazelwood but uh it wasn't quite 
like that, was it? No, it wasn't quite like that. It bounced off um, Quentin DeCock's thigh. It sort of looped up and DeCock lost sight of it. He was setting off for a run. But in fact, the ball has then bounced onto the crease line and then onto the stumps. Yeah. Quite bizarre, but uh, the Aussies will take it. Did you see the tweet where um, someone had taken a screen grab of the uh, the non-striker? I can't remember who it was. It might have been Rasty Vanderdussen. And he was halfway down the wicket by the time Quinton de Kock got bowled. Oh, right. like, I've, never seen, <laughs> I've never seen a non-striker be that far down the wicket. So uh, if the they had bowled. crossed by the time he was bowled, would that what would happen there? Who's then, on striker? Then the, the non-striker's next? out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be a great role. Yeah. You, could, you could just like see batters like as a ball slowly trickling back to their stumps, just sprinting to the other end, <laughs> trying to make it. So yeah, that could out. work. That could be a new yeah. tactic. Yeah, maybe we need a new rule change for uh, for each of these wrap up podcasts. Oh, okay. So what are we going to label this one as? Uh, don't know. I, d- I didn't come prepared with a good name for <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> we'll come back to that. But let's look ahead to Australia's next game, which isn't for a few days. Uh, they've got Sri Lanka, um, but they're not in, at the same stadium. They're off to Dubai for the next game. Yeah, that's right. And we spoke about on the on our preview podcast, didn't we? Um, when the uh, makeup of the group wasn't entirely known, we thought, oh, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka ending up in Australia's group would be the worst case scenario. That's what's happened. And we're going to be playing on, I mean, this was, I was going to say, we're going to be playing on spin-friendly wickets. Mm. The, this one has kind of thrown a little bit of that yeah. into doubt, maybe, or it's, it's scrambled my thinking around it. Uh, I would, I mean, I think if Sri Lanka and if Australia plays Sri Lanka or Bangladesh on pitches like that, they'd be really happy because it looked like pace was, was yeah. probably the hardest one. But if we get spinning wickets, you know, that's really going to bring in Bangladesh and Sri Lanka into the game uh, and, and particularly Sri Lanka up next in their next game. That's going to be in Dubai and, and that's going to be a different wicket, you know, altogether from what we've seen tonight. So uh, I guess a big question for Australia is do they stick to all that pace as has worked tonight with their, you know, three big guns in Hazelwood, Stark and Cummins uh, or does Ashenago get a look in? Yeah, it's going to be very very interesting to see. Sri Lanka, they did have to go through the qualifying phase and they don't have a team that we sort of recognise a lot of their players, but they've got momentum. They crushed it in the qualifiers and now they come in after topping that qualifying group. So certainly another danger game for Australia. They won't be taking it lightly. Yeah, and match hardened, I suppose, from yes. you know, as much as you can be from playing some of those uh, smaller nations. So, yep. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a break between games. I reckon Australia probably would have liked to have just played again now, given that mm. they've had a really uh, morale boosting win. You'd probably call it. Uh, they probably would. This is their biggest break of the tournament. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to ice up you and I, Josh, uh, before then. Thanks for tuning in to the Unplayable Podcast T Twenty World Cup Wrap Up Podcast. We'll catch you after Australia's game with Sri Lanka. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm velour xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.